time to abandon ship. Oh no! Here we go! Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here. Jaja, call me. My main man. Quickly. Before the Separatists attack, get into the escape pod. This is escape. Then we're the pod. The book of Boba Fett just dropped their trailer on the internet, and uh, the internet's going nuts over this thing, so uh, we got all the chat today for you guys. I'm your host, Josh, and we have Blake, our co-host, joining us today in the Escape Pod to chat all about that, as well as a look back at the last 10 years of Disney Star Wars and uh, a possible what-if scenario as to say, uh, what would happen if that never happened? Where were you when it did happen? Let's get into all that stuff. Lots of Star Wars news. Bring home the bounty week three and so much more. Let's do it. Another happy landing. All right, let's dive right into Bring Home the Bounty Week 3. The first thing I got to say about it is I'm already feeling deja vu going to this website, and we're only three weeks in. I know, I know. It's like it's weird going to the same website page like countless times to check up on it. You know, I, it's, I feel like I'm back in like, you know, it's like 2006 again, and I'm, uh, you know, going to Lego.com for some sort of Star Wars Lego advent calendar or something like that. Every every day you unlock a new PC wallpaper. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have computer class once a week and you use that to go look at the Star Wars website. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what do we got here? We got uh, Sideshow Bo-Katan, Six Scale. Uh, there's a Boba Fett talking action figure. Stormtrooper talking action figure. They're both 14 inches. Uh, the Razor Crest coming in Lego form. Wait a minute. We, I thought the Razor Crest was already Lego form. It's the same one. It's the same one. Oh, well, that's yeah. cheap for them to do. Just they did this last on the page. They did it last week too. The one before the Lego uh, Trouble on Tatooine is also from last year. Right. Yeah. What the heck? Oh, come on, StarWars.com. Cheaping out on us here. I bet most of it's been it. Last week I noticed this as well. There's a bunch of stuff that has been on sale for a year or so. <laughs> They're just using it as an uh, advertisement, I think. Well, I do see a few new things. At least there's, there's three and three quarter inch vintage collection Death Watch Mandalorian action figure. So there's that. Uh, there's also the Mandalorian Star Wars Monopoly game. I don't know how new that is or if you guys have seen that in the stores, but that's. It's new to me. Pretty neat. Uh, you can pass go and collect uh, twenty credits. <laughs> and the uh, the most fun. expensive part of the board is uh, the bridge, whatever that is. Um, like a ship. And there's a docking bay. Yeah, like you know, uh, what's the most expensive property in Monopoly? Boardwalk. So oh that's gosh. The bridge. It looks like they're all locations from the show. There's the cantina, the ice cave, Crate Dragon Cave. 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't man. think an ice cave makes a lot of money. No, I, uh, yeah, you know. Okay, there was one Monopoly I played uh, with uh, with a friend of mine, and and it was, um, I believe it was uh, like a, it was some sort of Revenge of the Seth era boxed set. I, I can't remember exactly which one it was, but you bought planets, and uh, there was some sort of implementation of of like the war going on between separatists and republic and it, it was pretty neat like they had some some cool some cool things about it this just looks kind of like a an original monopoly game of credits instead of money but uh, that's pretty know. neat the one that you're talking about there yeah it was really cool like they kind of made it their own game a little bit yeah so they actually had like maybe like the separatists instead of buying planets you're like invading planets yeah like oh, exactly them. yeah yeah it was it was something something very different is what i remember i played a long time ago but that's pretty cool uh, yeah yeah the only non-standard monopoly i ever played was the millennial one where everything was too expensive for millennials to buy so they just had to like couch surf and like work at coffee shops <laughs> oh yeah that's and right so you I had remember, to like uh, you bought that because they were uh, there wasn't there some sort of thing that happening where that that was like getting outlawed or something like that like there was a big outcry to take that off yeah what happened was a you know typical online bunch of people got mad and complained tried to cancel it and then they it like went off the shelves for a while yeah yeah and then of course then like people trying to resell it on amazon and stuff and it was just really expensive it's funny that you mentioned bringing that up now because uh i I haven't seen that of course for for ages now so it's maybe it's a good thing that you bought a copy because you know these 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 well monopolies they're kind of like there's people that collect these monopoly games like they make so many of them and they published once and they're never published again oh the themed ones yeah Yeah, at the same time though i tried playing it and honestly it wasn't very good i really liked the premise but the gameplay wasn't very enjoyable Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i've played monopoly cheat edition that's pretty interesting like the 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 goal of the game is like you have a, a a bunch of cars with different cheats on it and you get rewarded these point cards if you perform one of the cheats that you end up drawing before the game begins uh and uh, if you get caught there's like a little plastic handcuff that you have to wear chain yourself to the board <laughs> that's pretty funny yeah. so you like steal yeah. extra money from the bank when you're drawing and stuff yeah like yeah it's stuff like that that's my favorite one of course the the you know it's it's uh it's, it's not a card that always ne- necessarily gets drawn but it you know what's that's what lets the chaos ensue, right? Because it's like Monopoly cheat edition. And everyone feels like they got the right to, you know, reach over and steal one of your houses or something like that. So. <laughs> Just swap it out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just flick it over to the next door property, you know, onto yours. Uh, we got a three and three quarter inch Ahsoka Tano from Corvus, uh, Mandalorian style uh, costume coming to the vintage collection. And... Um, what is this? A six-inch uh, series version of the client from Mandalorian season one. So that's pretty neat. Now those six inches are pretty good. Warner Herzog gets his own action figure. Never thought he saw that coming. Some um, of these toys are toys. I put in quotations. Are kind of obscure. I'm looking at a gift box of themed soaps. <laughs> oh yeah, that's just one. Cl- yeah, that's just one category, isn't it? Yeah, there's bunch of apparel coming <laughs> the names are pretty clever clever though so it's got all we want the dr squatch yes the one dr squatch soap star wars collection uh yeah yeah the i'm gonna read the the individual bars because they have yeah, different yeah, please names do. please do so yeah. we got obi-wan and his is a only hope soap <laughs> so it's like you got such bad stank this soap is your only hope 
Then the next one's green. It's got Yoda, and it says Wisdom Wash. Third one's Darth Vader, and it's Dark Side Scrub. Dark Side Scrub. That's right. <laughs> You're nothing but a Dark Side Scrub, Kylo. <laughs> you should put a Kylo on there, but even more accurate. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the final one here is Darth Maul, and it's Ruthless Rinse. A ruthless rinse. I need to rinse all the revenge off my skin. <laughs> You're actually really good at that. <laughs> Sam Whitwer would be proud. I think so. Sam, if you're listening, be careful. Josh is gunning for your job. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm runner-up. I'm runner-up, Sam. <laughs> yeah, take your job when you're uh, long gone. I'll be the next, uh, the next ruthless rinse Sif. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's like a, a place like this, maybe they don't have the budget to hire Sam Whitwer. They're going to hire me for their... $45 finest soap in the Galaxy box set. Open this limited edition collector's box. You know what's sad about this? Is that most people buying this box of soap is never going to use it. It's like it's limited edition. They're going to keep it in the box. That's true. No it's one gonna... is ever going to know the actual <laughs> smells. No, it's like, yeah, it's like, I mean, who, who would want to spend 45 bucks on four things of soap for the wrapper and the box itself? I mean, the, like the actual... Star Wars ishness about it is is on the 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 box itself, like right. Like I I don't know from from this picture, I can't actually see like what the soap looks like. No, I just see the boxes. But it, you know, to me, it looks like uh, maybe they've got some sort of like sculpted in imprint on it for a face of the character or the logo or of could be faction or whatever. But uh, it definitely has a pattern. You can especially see on the Obi Wan, the red and the blue there. It's got yeah. kind of a tie dye kind of look to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does have something under there, so maybe there is like a print of their face on it or something. But you know, that's going to scrub away really quickly. Yeah. So I love how the Obi Wan they picked the Episode Two Obi Wan where he's got like all the flow. Yeah, the flowy hair. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. It's like it's like the the super. Um, you know, it looks like the guy from the commercial. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, clearly they picked this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To go along with their grooming products. Uh, yeah. I could <laughs> see Obi-Wan using it. of synthetic detergents filled with harsh chemicals. Dr. Squatch brings a new hope to your soap. Made with the finest ingredients, our Star Wars soap collection is sure to bring balance to your shower destiny. <laughs> Man. Oh, wait, hold on. There's lightsabers underneath. What is this? Oh, I I found the picture of the soap. It is just like a tie-dye look. There's no picture. There's no imprints. It's just a bar of soap. So somebody dared open the box? Uh, It's on the website page, actually. I'm just looking. I just scrolled down the page, and and it just, yeah. I clicked on the link, scrolled down the page, and there it is. It's just a, for Yoda, it's just a bar of green soap. Uh, Yeah, so... You know, if you're into $45 soaps, this is the soap for you. Uh, <laughs> or if you have just a particularly bad BO, this soap may be your only hope. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only you're my hope. Own, you're my only soap. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that better be their advertisement. <laughs> no, we should be on their marketing committee. Like, Yeah, oh my gosh. You should... <laughs> You should get product placement on here and sell soap. You can say that. 
Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. <laughs> all right, so uh, all right, let's <laughs> let's move on here. We got we got Boba Fett coming to Galaxy of Heroes uh, in uh, the mobile app, and uh, there's uh, let's see, a plushy Chewbacca cuddles, some uh, some apparel, sweaters, robes, all this stuff. Cool, cool, cool. Lots of merch coming. So bring home the bounty. Look it up. Hashtag bring home the bounty. Awesome. Um, what else we got? We got some. Uh, we got some big news this week. I mean, we're we're coming up on uh, on you know less than is it less than sixty days now for for uh, Boba, Boca Fett, Boba, Boba Fett, the, yeah, the Boca Boba Fett, and uh, you know what's crazy about this show is like it's it's basically supposed to be Mando two point five, you know, season to bridge the gap maybe between season two and three. Uh, at least that's kind of what they're hyping it up to be, and uh, it's like the the Civil War, Captain America Civil War of the Avengers movies. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. It's like the like the explainer between stories, and you know, the last we saw Boba, he was shooting off into space after helping out Din Djarin uh, get aboard the Imperial cruiser to rescue the child, and then that finale with Luke Skywalker kind of blew us all away, and and that cameo was just like. Oh, forgot all about Boba Fett. Like, what, what happened to him? So then, the post-credit scene was great because then it's like, oh yeah, that's right. You know, I forgot Boba was in this, <laughs> and uh, you know, we go, go to Tatooine and him and Fennec Shander walking into Jabba's place. You know, just shoot up Bib Fortuna in a post-credit scene of all things. Yeah, and uh, and and says, boom, they're dropping off, uh, dropping us a title of of the next show, and that's. It's like only weeks before that they had the Disney conference that they were talking about all their future shows. They left that one out just so it'd be a surprise for the end of uh, season two of Mando. So uh, what's crazy about this week is that the trailer has finally dropped because we haven't had a trailer until until this very moment. So uh, that's actually really late, isn't it? Like a month out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like like not even like not even two months away. So uh, here it is. Let's get to this. I am not a bounty hunter. I've heard otherwise. I know that you sit on the throne of your former employer. Jabba ruled with fear. Tend to rule with respect. You were all once captains under Jabba the Hutt. I'm here to make a proposal that's mutually beneficial. Why speak of conflict when cooperation can make us all rich? What prevents us all from killing you? Taking what we want. If you had spoken such insolence to Jabba, he'd have fed you to his menagerie. Please, speak freely. Huge fan of underworld stories. 
I find them all refresh, especially compared to just seeing the same Jedi taking on a great evil story we tend to get a lot. And so getting into like the nitty gritty, I've always enjoyed that. And Dave has done such a good job portraying Boba Fett through the Clone Wars series. That I'm really curious to see how he wants to kind of take it after Return of the Jedi. And him becoming a crime lord, it's not what I would have seen coming. I My only concern is it might be too similar to what happened to Darth Maul. I don't want us to retread that same path. So obviously in the trailer, he said he's planning to rule through respect as opposed to Jabba who ruled through fear. So it's interesting how that'll work in uh, like the part of Star Wars dealing with the people who betray each other so easily. (laughs) You're right. That's actually uh, actually a great point. I never really thought to make that comparison. But yeah, I guess Darth Maul did have a very similar storyline. He kind of fell from his... his, uh, previous uh position i guess as a uh as a sith apprentice and then became a crime lord and you know boba fett in even in this trailer he's he's like i'm not a bounty hunter but he clearly was at one point and and now he's not really classifying himself as as he's not classifying himself as uh what he was in his occupation before so it makes me wonder like what they're going to do as far as evolving this character, because, you know, the, the, the nice thing about storytelling is that characters change, right? Like characters evolve and they become someone different or someone better or someone worse or whatever. And uh, as we know Boba Fett, not exactly to be a villain, uh, but more of an antihero uh, is what we've kind of been led to believe by watching the Clone Wars and, you know, the prequels really make him out to be this kid who's lost his father, who's kind of also lost his way in, in the way that the world works. And, you know, he's been sucked into this career as a, as a, a bounty hunter, but he also is the kind of guy that is honorable at what he does. And, and so he does do the right thing. And in some of the unreleased Clone Wars episodes, he does, in fact, um, have a, a more noble, a few, a few more noble moments. And uh, even in the Dark Disciple novel, like the episodes we were actually, we were talking about those with the Quinlan Vos, uh, what happened episode, he does show up in that book as well. And him and a bunch of his bounty hunter compatriots, uh, they end up helping Ventress distract Dooku while she rushes into Dooku's lair to try and, you know, get Quinlan Vos when he's kind of under uh, Dooku's thumb as uh, a prisoner. So... He is, and you know, despite being paid or whatever, you know, he also, it's like no one in the right mind would be paid to go try and kill Duke, right? Like, <laughs> so, I mean, there is, there is something. And then there was that one Clone Wars episode with the train and uh, he actually does, uh, uh, he's, he actually the one does, where uh, he fights the ninjas. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and he's an honorable character in that, in that story. And, and, uh, Whereas before the Clone Wars and before these prequels and everything, Boba was quite the uh, uh, quite the villain. Like we just knew him as the guy who captured Han Solo and and then got killed by the Sarlacc because you know he got knocked in, right? Like like that was all we knew about him, and he was kind of cool and mysterious. And 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 now there's so much more to this character, and now we got a full show about him, which is pretty sweet. A lot a lot of us were you and I both were looking forward to 1313 which was a bo- uh, a game about or was going to be a game about Boba Fett that got canceled and uh, it makes me wonder like 
maybe are we going to see some flashbacks in the show? Or are they going to pull elements from maybe what they would have done with that story or some of the canceled Clone Wars episodes or whatever? That's a good right? question. I, I almost feel like either Cad Bane's going to show up and they'll have the duel or there'll be a flashback to the duel with Cad Bane. You're convinced it's going to happen? I think so because it's Dave's, it's Dave's story and he was leading up to that point in Clone Wars for a yeah. long time and was very excited about it. It makes me wonder if, because uh, we speculated about this in Bad Batch as well. So, you know, are they going to save that for season two of Bad Batch? Because we know that Bad Batch is coming back next year uh, along with, uh, I mean, next year, dude, next year for Star Wars is packed. Like there's, uh, we got Andor, Kenobi, Bad Batch season two, Mandalorian season three, and I think Ahsoka as well is all going to be next year. Is that right? It's a good question. I don't actually know I'm the pretty release sure, dates. I'm pretty sure. I, I don't know. Most about the, of it. Maybe not the Ahsoka show. I don't know. I'm torn. I know Andor and Kenobi and Mando 3 for sure and Bad mm-hmm. Batch season two. So we got at least four shows happening next year. Uh, Ahsoka is filming this December. So it's possible that it could be re- released uh, early 2023 perhaps. But, you know, there's so much Star Wars stuff in the works and, you know, that's an arc that, you know, you and I both really look forward to that we never got. Uh, but it would be cool to see that moment for sure. <laughs> Makes yeah. you wonder on that topic, though. It's funny. They said that one Star Wars movie a year was too much. And now they're releasing like five seasons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's because that's because <laughs> what they were giving us was too much. <laughs> and now we can't get enough of what they're giving us. I mean, that's, that's, that's true. That's just. The general kind of <laughs> attitude, and, yeah. yeah. The general, it's the general consensus. That's not even just a personal opinion. Like the general consensus of of these shows has been so positive that there's people out there for Halloween dressed as Grogu or Mandalorian or whatever that aren't even Star Wars fans. And and In like fact, now, well, didn't you go as Grogu trick or treating yesterday? <laughs> that's right, I did. <laughs> Had to tape on those those green ears and everything. No, no, I, I can't believe you got your mom to pull you around in that little wagon. She <laughs> <laughs> looked like you're in a, a floating chair. It was a big wagon. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like That's this a... needs to be done now. This is like next year's Halloween costume. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. But yeah, you know, it's uh, it, it's such it's been a, it's become a part of common. In a way, Star Wars has always been part of pop culture, but in another level. The Mandalorian has almost superseded its Star Wars title and become its own thing, like its own kind of level of recognition, which is kind of the strangest thing to be a Star Wars fan these days, because all of a sudden now, I mean, Star Wars, it's not like Star Wars wasn't cool before, but I mean, now to other people, you don't look like such a dork, like walking around with a little green elf on your shirt, right? Like most most people would, would be like what is that like bro like you walk into a bar you're like yeah yeah look there's a star wars fan right but you know now i'm like i'm not the weird one in the room now i'm like i'm like one of three people wearing the same shirt kind of thing so uh it's interesting times you know it's interesting times i'm curious do you say that just because there's so many non-hardcore star wars people that are really into it yeah i think so like I, i i'm getting the vibe that like people who never were Star Wars fans before now kind of have a greater appreciation for it. And that's mostly due to the Mandalorian, uh, not so much the new films, uh, but specifically the Mandalorian, like that show 
with the launch of Disney Plus has brought in a whole nother wave of fans on in a, in a way that these movies tend to do when they come out like they're uh, they're always targeted at bringing new younger audiences into into the realm of of the Star Wars franchise uh, but this Mandalorian show has brought in uh, a very different group of of viewership and and there's uh, there's people that I've known from work or uh, even uh, you know old classmates or whatever um, you know we have a mutual one in in mind that I'm thinking of and and uh, you know I'm thinking of him going like this guy was never a Star Wars fan but he watched the Mandalorian and he liked it and he's kind of a Mandalorian fan now right and yeah uh, and so it, it, it's one of those things that's just like it, it resonates with people you know uh, and um, with the Book of Bow effect coming out there's a legacy of this character that kind of supersedes the appearance in the films and it's it's it goes beyond the comics and the books and all that stuff this is like an iconic thing now uh the mandalorian t visor has now been permanently kind of stamped into uh pop culture pop culture yeah yeah absolutely you know the point that raises is mandalorian was so successful it's gonna be really hard for book of boba fett to find as high of a, a rating in the audiences yeah you know it's uh i guess it, being a follow-up show to mandalorian i mean here's the thing though like boba fett has got its own its own fandom for years i mean and and to say those have been star wars fans uh dinjarin was such a new character it brought in a whole new you know section of fandom at least you know this is just what i was talking about but uh, Boba Fett that already has an existing fandom, a lot of Boba Fett fans looking forward to the show. And, uh, you know, a lot of Star Wars fans as well, of course, we're all looking forward to the show. But uh, Probably Bosk fans as well. I think we saw yeah, a glimpse yeah, of him fans. in there. Yeah, we saw some Trandoshans in the trailer and and some uh, Aqualish people and uh, some... Uh, uh, because as far as we know, Bosk is still alive, right? Uh, yeah, I believe I believe so. I mean, I don't think he died in any of the comics. If, if unless he's, yeah, no, he's he should be around. Unless uh, so, in theory, in this movie, we could get a reunion with all of the bounty hunters we see on on Vader's ship. Uh, yeah, technically, it's theoretically possible. I mean, it, recently, it's funny that you mentioned that because recently in the War of the Bounty Hunters comic crossover, that's kind of exactly what happened, right? Because. Uh, we never really see the follow-up of all these bounty hunters that are after Han Solo and uh, the war of the bounty hunters crossover that just happened in the Marvel comics um, actually tell the story of this follow-up that happens to Empire Strikes Back and uh, the consequences and the result of, of, you know, throwing all these bounty hunters out in the galaxy to, to catch the same guy. Uh, it, it, that's also how they rope Kira back into the story uh, from Solo. Uh, it's, uh, it's how they, um, they're going to explain a lot of stuff, but yeah, Forloom and IG-88 and, and Bosk and all those bounty hunters, they're all coming. They're all, they all came back in, in that comic book series. So yeah, maybe we'll see uh, some of them pop up in this show. It's going to be, it's going almost, to be really cool. I almost feel like it has to happen now because why would they make this comic book series as a lead in to the book of Boba Fett, like uh, Disney plus series? Without the express purpose of getting those characters fresh in people's minds again of who they are, yeah, it's it's true. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, I think I think being uh, being a casual fan 
uh, I mean, of uh, and for any casual fan of of Mandalorian who might not be the most hardcore Star Wars fan, uh, they'll look at Boba Fett and go, "Oh, I know him from the Mandalorian," and uh, "Oh, I know him from The Empire Strikes Back." Right? Um, so it's those people that are going to look at this show and go, "Oh, that looks great! I'm going to watch that." And then, you know, knowing knowing that these shows have just been so good so far, I'm I'm expecting this show to kind of knock our socks off and then they'll be like, oh, yeah, Boba Fett, I forgot how cool that guy was. And, you know, and that's going to be another little portal into into the Star Wars fandom that they're going to be finding themselves sucked into. So, uh, True. Yeah. And let me lead into this by saying I think you're right. I think it's going to be great. But it is possible because this is the first series we're getting where John Favreau and Dave Filoni were writing multiple shows at once. Yeah. So this is our kind of our first taste to see if they handled that well or not. That's true. Yeah, it's a, it's a great, you know, I, I mean, we, we, we put so much faith in John and Dave to make these good stories and, and uh, produce these shows uh, on this multi-pipeline kind of construct that they've got going on. But uh, yeah, it's, 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 a very, it's, it's a fair thing to bring up because, I mean, they're busy guys and sometimes the quality control can get overlooked a little bit by, by them if they're juggling like five different shows at the same time. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's something that we're all going to need to uh, keep in mind as we go in and, you know, forgive the little things. And uh, I know there's, there's already been people pointing out online that there's some elements of Boba's armor that have been slightly inconsistent with, the empire strikes back or, or whatever or return of the jedi or whatever and it, it, you know it's things like that that i'm like okay well i'm not gonna let that worry me but uh you know we'll we'll, we'll see what happens I, i'm very curious as to whether or not they'll continue to do this whole slave one nonsense um mm, you know with, with the name of boba's ship like that you know that's something that i'm more concerned about is whether or not they'll keep referring to it in uh, what they lately have been doing with the, the toys and the Lego sets that they've just been calling it Boba Fett's starship uh, as yes. opposed to uh, slave one. That one will probably come down to the fact of if Dave Filoni, Jeff from Favreau think that's a battle worth fighting for, because I bet Disney will say no, and then they'll have to fight for it. I bet that's what it comes down to. And so I wouldn't be surprised if in this show we got a, a new like name christening. Slav one. <laughs> Slav E1. Slav E1, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So he's from Slovakia. <laughs> um well and uh, as I mentioned, Ahsoka is gonna be filming in December. Uh, there was an article that I saved about the Mandalorian season three from inverse.com. Uh, this was posted on the 21st of October at 5:28 a.m. Somebody's up late, um, and uh, it's it's a, it's a, I don't know. Take this with a grain of salt, but I thought it was kind of interesting. I thought it was a bit fascinating because this is something that we've all kind of speculated about. Uh, there's a, supposedly uh, a scene that happens in Mando season three. So maybe tune out for the next couple minutes if you don't want to be possibly spoiled because you know this may or may not be legit. Uh, but there's a sequence that's been described to have featured roughly 75 Mandalorians all s- assembled together, um, which is far more than we've ever seen in a Disney Plus series. 
And uh, as we know from season one, Din Djarin briefly hangs out with a handful of Mandalorians in uh, in underground covert in uh, Navarro. And in season two, he encounters Bo-Katan and her uh, owls. Uh, but, uh, you know, 75, we've never seen that many. So uh, this article says, uh, it's kind of worded a little strange, but it says, the fact that 75 Mandalorians even exist at this point in Star Wars history is a bit of a shock. Uh, the Mandalorian season two reveals that the Empire pretty much wiped out the, the people and their planet, apparently turning Mandalore into glass. Uh, at the time the show is set, many people believe the entire planet is cursed. If 75 Mandalorians are going to assemble in one place, it could signal a new era for Din Djarin's adopted people. Then again, it could also draw attention of Moff Gideon and the remnants of the Empire or even the Emperor himself. Uh, so I thought it was kind of worded a bit strange because if the Empire did bombard Mand- Mand- Mandalore with their orbital lasers and stuff and turned it to glass, because that's kind of what happens when they do that... Uh, it's not that hard to believe that 75 people would be off planet <laughs> during that time. No, that's my thoughts too. Like, <laughs> considering it's an entire race, using race <laughs> so, as, a, kind yeah. of, as a creed, but like yeah. race of people. Right, right. Yeah. And who knows, right? Like maybe those people weren't warriors before they're off planet. And then they're like, you know what? Screw the empire. Let's strap on some armor and kick some butt, right? So it's true. And yeah, it's not that hard to believe. Let's say there was 10 that survived and the battle that took place on Mandalore, I think was early Empire too, right? Like it wasn't even, like it was before yeah. Rebels. Yeah, the the event that turns Mandalore to glass though happens, uh, I believe it happens, is it before or after? I think I think it was, uh, it was around that time period for sure. Because okay. uh, uh, even though we didn't see it in Rebels, we did see Mandalore. And uh, I feel like, yeah, I feel like maybe it happened before that show. That's what I um, thought, but maybe I'm mistaken. So, but theoretically, if it yeah. was before, I'm sure and there was ten. I'm sure they could have all taught like three people in right. like fifteen years. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't doesn't seem that far fetched. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I find the 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 interesting. It's an intriguing idea that that seventy five Mandalorians could be in the same sequence together. Uh, makes will, me think maybe they've been rounding up their own kind to take back what's reunite. Theirs kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a neat idea. It's I mean, it'd be cool to see like a, a battle of like all these mandos together, but I feel like that would have been really expensive on the costume department, and they probably would have done it CG. So I'm not sure how legit this is. That's my opinion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. Uh, so, I mean, you know, look again, looking forward to Mandalorian season three, take that thing with a grain of salt, but, uh, yeah, that would, that'd be interesting to, to find out. So, uh, though, before we change the topic, I will say this does sound like it's falling in line with Din Djarin becoming Mandalore. It does. Yeah. Actually, that's something that we have talked about in the past, uh, including in our Mandalorian nights episodes, uh, where we sat down after an episode and, and chatted about that but uh it came up numerous amount of times and and you know it's funny that you mentioned that with book of boba around the corner because uh i believe it was in legends that he was the one that uh, became mandalore, mandalore. but yeah. obviously that's kind of going a different route now that he's becoming the successor to jabba the hut so <laughs> <laughs> so uh different direction yeah that's different sure. direction for sure yeah so maybe we'll have 
two Mandalorians now uh, take leadership positions in in different places. So yeah, yeah. I've, the biggest question to me is what's going to happen between Din Djarin and Bo Katan because of the yeah. dark saber. Yeah, yeah. Because that's sure. what's going to be the biggest issue with him becoming Mandalore at this point. Yeah, yeah, totally, definitely. Um, so uh, let's uh, let's move on to the final thing we have on the news list. I just thought this was a little bit interesting. Pablo Hidalgo, he's got a uh, he's got a private Twitter account, but he's also got a public Twitter account that he opened again recently uh, for anyone to follow. And uh, he posts some interesting stuff sometimes. And this was just a series of tweets I thought was very very uh, interesting to bring up uh, around this uh, <clears throat> this time. Uh, Pablo says. Uh, I heard about a few days beforehand, uh, or sorry, he's he's answering a tweet that says, where were you when you first heard the news? Uh, this is in regards to 2012 when George sells Lucasfilm to Disney. Uh, and Pablo says, I heard that uh, about a few days beforehand, had to take a phone call about it at uh, New York Comic Con 2012 and hope uh, no one overheard. I first heard that there were being new movies on uh, July, or sorry, June 29th, 2012. Then I went to Celebration 6 in August with that in my head, lol. Uh, knew something was up earlier that spring because of the flurry of strange questions coming from chairman's office slash legal in the spring beforehand. Knew the company was shifting back into production mode. Had no idea about the sale. I don't think anyone who started product did. Uh, my boss at that June to me, they're making 789 and me bullshit <laughs> there's no 789 well there wasn't in january but then there was over that spring uh so yeah though i don't know it's just a just a funny series of tweets uh i just didn't really didn't really think about that i guess you know we all think of george selling the company as just george selling the company but i guess you know it affected a lot of people in their their own career and uh you know here pablo's story of uh of uh um where he was when when uh lucasfilm was sold to disney so it's pretty uh, neat i can all i can honestly picture pablo like hiding in a corner like comic-con he's like looking around make sure everybody's like listening to him trying to talk <laughs> on the phone but he's also like speechless and, like, oh flustered. man yeah a little nervous pablo yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i got you i could oh, definitely like, see that <laughs> question of the week though is where were you when you first heard the news uh, where were you when you first read the news? I think I read it on an article in my friend's basement at their computer. <laughs> I was at school. I was at school on the computer. Uh, and it was uh, it was like shortly after lunch or something like that. And I came sitting down at my desk. And you know, I, think, I think somebody was talking about it in the room. And uh, I was like, wait a second. Like, just, I, looked, I looked up Star Wars on Google. It was all over the place. Just slapped everywhere. You know, it was the biggest news of the day. And, uh, you know, I just couldn't believe it. And I, I was so excited because, you know, for, for the, and then thereafter until episode seven came out for the longest time, I was, I was like, <laughs> this is the biggest opportunity ever. I mean, this is, this is the moment where we can have like the cast of the prequels and the cast of the original trilogy in one set of movies, you know, uh, like forced, forced ghost to Annie and Obi and Yoda and stuff. And, you know, like literally pick up where, where episode six left off with Luke looking at his force ghost council of, of heroes, you know, and, um, 
obviously that's something we never got, but uh, it, it just it just made me really happy to know. A lot that. of people were expecting that, and I think that got them really excited about these yeah. sequels. Yeah, it's yeah. funny to hear you uh, talk about it though in a way that so many people who are fans of the original trilogy talk about the prequels. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing, though. It's like, uh, like with the original trilogy, it's it's like there were there were clues about what had happened before. I mean, even even up even the Clone Wars, like the Clone Wars was talked about right away. I remember us doing an episode earlier this year where we read an article from uh, uh, I forget the name of the magazine, but it's a vintage article from uh, a magazine that was published in uh, I think it was nineteen it was like nineteen eighty or something like that or nineteen eighty one, and uh, Empire Strikes Back had like literally just hit the screen, and it was a guy's perspective uh, who was writing for this magazine about what he thought the Clone Wars was and what kind of part it would play in the overarching story of Star Wars. Yeah, it was this mindset that people were like, oh, uh, this is something we haven't yet come to conclusion about. And, um, you know, what, what, what is that going to look like? And, and you know, we got George's vision. So it, all this fan speculation as to like what the prequels were going to look like. And then, of course, we get what they actually do look like. But that's what it always looked like to George, right? Like, I mean, I know the guy changes his mind on some things, but I don't think it was all that too so far from the tree, you know? Like, it all kind of stayed the, pretty close there. Yeah, because one thing about that is there wasn't a lot of novels that had came out as a prequel story to the original films. Everything was afterwards. So it made a pretty massive difference from creating these films that we kind of all had in our heads, but didn't actually exist in any act physical story where then we got the sequels. There was all this stuff that everyone had already read, learned comics, novels, whatever. Right. And then they just like threw it all out and it went with something else. So that it, it changed the expectations a lot. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we were used to this six part saga of George's vision. Right. And, and not to mention, uh, this multi-season animated show that had pointed us in a certain direction with with where that vision was going to go because we found out that episode seven was going to bring back Darth Maul, um, you know, in the in the Star Wars archives episodes uh, uh, one through three, um, there was a, a mention about the sequels in there, and uh, there was it was like just on a very brief thing on the page, but uh, I believe it was Darth Talon and Darth Maul that were going to be characters likely featured in george's george's movies for that, seven eight nine that sounds like a dark horse comic it does yeah and well darth talon is from dark horse comic but um something along those lines as far as the character uh but uh, darth maul would have come come back and it makes total sense like with with him bringing him back in the clone wars it made sense to then bring him back as the villain later on in the movies and uh they kind of did like with with solo like it kind of obviously with him being alive still in rebels like and then you know i know they killed him off in there but like you know that they, they, they had that room to bring it back in the movies and and so they did uh but it makes me wonder it's just like it, it makes you think like how different would these movies have been if uh if george had actually done them right so That's a good question i'm still really curious to see what the original story drafts were yeah I hope yeah. they get released at some point, just some random, maybe it's like a novelization or a comic, like offshoot thing. 
yeah. like they did with the wills. It's kind of the same idea. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And um, I mean, we're coming up on uh, we're coming up on 10 years now since Disney bought Lucasfilm. Uh, we're on year nine and next year will be the 10 year anniversary. Man, and that's crazy. It's it's crazy, right? And we've had like three games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm I'm bringing it up because next year is ten years, and uh, I'm just going to play this little clip from uh, George's interview on the Charlie Rose uh, interview he did a little while back. So let's take a listen. It's, it's your family. It's no, the I, last story. But, it's but, your but, story. But it's end, you. But it's, I knew. There's three more stories. And I knew that was going to probably take, you know, to do it right would take about 10 years. And I said, I'm 70. I don't know whether I'll be here when I'm 80. You know, every 10 years, the odds get less. And uh, so I said, and I'm not ready to do that because I want to do these other things. So I have to make the decision on my own that it's time for me to move on. That's a long time. Like the guy's in his... 70s 80s now almost like in 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 those 10 years he would have reached the age of 80 i believe or some or the late 70s and you know i totally forget how old he is now but you know the, the point is he was going to get very old right and uh you know he he said in his own words he said i don't know if i'm going to be around that long like he you know genuinely like anything can happen when you're you're past the age of 60 right like it's very uh you know he's not the healthiest guy in the world so uh <laughs> you know you just never know right and, uh, and so, but it, it kind of stuck with me because I was thinking to myself, like, man, to do these movies right, 10 years, we're not even at that 10 year mark yet. Like next year is 10 years. That means that the actual like George Lucas episode nine could have been coming out this December. No, nine, um, seven. Or, or even, or even next summer kind of thing. Cause he was a, he was a May release kind of guy. So it might've been, we, we might even be looking at George Lucas's episode nine for May, 2022. Uh, which is crazy think, to think about. Yeah, right? that would be very crazy. What a different world. Yeah, yeah, very different world. We wouldn't have the EA exclusive license on games. We wouldn't have Mandalorian. We wouldn't have uh, Star Wars Rebels. We wouldn't have any of the sequels, Rogue One. Um, and, you know, amongst those things, I mean, of course, there's a lot of us out there that do love our bits and pieces out of the collective. But, um, I mean... You know, if if you were to mentally rewind the clock and kind of know what's going to happen with the franchise when you go one way, would you be willing to take the chance to flip the switch and change history forever and alter George's mind and and convince him to do the movies? Right. It's funny. I was going to ask. I was going to ask you the exact same thing. I would do it. I would do it. <laughs> you would. You you take the risk. Yep. Yeah. I I would take the plunge. I mean, I I absolutely love. Uh, George's Star Wars movies and you know it's uh, episode three is at my absolute favorite and I would love to see where that hmm. was going to go in as far as sequels right episode three I think was kind of a pinnacle of his of his filmic making career like that that movie is to this day a masterpiece right everything from from John Williams soundtrack to like the visual on-screen story I mean you don't even need to watch that movie with lyrics and and you can know what's happening because it's so visual like it's, it it's everything is visual from the yeah. environments to the the mood of the of the acting and everything right he's such a master it's honestly it's insane yeah it's crazy it's it's a it's a piece of modern contemporary art that's a masterpiece and so like to, to have a guy like that go from a movie like that into a full sequel trilogy using the characters from the movies that the majority of people consider their favorite is 
would have been crazy. It would have been amazing, right? And that's what I was looking forward to. Um, so yeah, I would 100% flip that switch. Yeah. What about you? It's harder now that we've had content that I really like. Yeah. Which is mostly the stream stuff. Because if it was just the movies, I'd probably go the same way as you and like and risk it because I really enjoyed Solo and I really liked Rogue One a lot. And the sequels did have pieces that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But I feel like George would have made a more cohesive story to the rest of the movies. I would have preferred that. But for me, like the thing that makes it difficult is I really like the slower pace of a series as opposed to a film. So I, I would, I prefer. Well, he still had live action series in the works though. Remember like he still had underworld in his back pocket. So yeah, but if he's focusing full time on the movies, that's not going to come out. Yeah. I mean, who knows, right? Like, like that's the thing, right? Like there's so much that we can do to speculate on what would have happened because he he was training Dave to be a cinematic director. Right. And and the other side of it too, right. Is because Disney is this massive, like corporate, like entity, they can put out all these deals, get all these books and all this stuff and everything simultaneously. Yeah. While George, He's he has a lot tighter grip of creative control, and as we saw, the prequels, books, and stuff came out, but it didn't really come out until after at least the first movie, mm-hmm. which means this ten year span would have been the second coming of like the dark times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it also makes you wonder, like, uh, as these movies were coming out, more content based around the movies would fill in the gaps. Uh, but it makes you wonder, like, because there was so much gap filled in after episode six, like what would have happened to all that content? Like, would it just have been over? Like, I mean, Disney came in and just took the sledgehammer and went, boom, like we're decanonizing or just reaffirming that these are not canon so that you're not disappointed. But we're kind of putting the drawing the line and being like, after this particular book comes out, everything else is going to be canon. So it's it's like George isn't the kind of guy that would would do that. I don't think like he just didn't care. Like he would be like, oh, I'm just gonna make my movies, and whoever does books and comics, like they're just gonna have to change what they're doing, <laughs> you know. So, um, yeah, it's a good point, and like, yeah, it makes it tricky. It really does. Yeah, yeah, it makes it really tough to. Yeah. Um, you know what? I want my I want to have my cake and eat it too. So I would have George make a deal with Disney to put together, work with uh, Dave Filoni as the head honcho to put together shows like Mandalorian. <laughs> and then George works on the films. <laughs> yeah. Because that could I work. Think- because Dave was George's apprentice. So I feel like they could they could actually do that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and it, it, it's, it's also interesting to think, uh, we know for sure what would have happened with the Clone Wars if George had kept the company, it would have finished. Like we would have had all eight seasons fully. So we know that for sure. Um, is that also worth it? Is that, does that also like play a little bit into the equation for you? Because, you know, amongst the whole time that Disney's had the license, like we've 
pestered them for Clone Wars to finish. And and then finally they threw us a bone and gave us half a final season, which was kind of like, here's your finale. There you go, Dave. Finish it up kind of thing. It's but, true. I mean, he really didn't get a chance to tell the full story he wanted to. But instead, Disney was like, yeah, you know what? Let's do, uh, let's do a different show. Let's do Bad Batch. Let's do, you know, and before that, let's do Star Wars Rebels and whatever. Um, but Clone Wars has never been finished. And, and yeah. to this day, there's still like more than 20-something odd episodes that uh, have not, not been told. And I'm not even talking about the adapted ones into the novel and comic or whatever. I'm talking about on paper, there's a script and some proxy animation scenes for some of them. And that's it. Like nothing else. Like some of them don't even have voiceover dialogue yet. So... No, that's a good point. I didn't really consider that. And that yeah. is very enticing. I yeah. would very much have liked to have seen that in its final product. Yeah. See everything together. Because we got next... half up to season, halfway through season six, and then half of season eight, I guess. So Yeah, I was going to say, because there's, there you go. Like that's almost full seasons. More than yeah. that, it sounds like almost three. It's two and a half. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, because, like, well, you got the rest of season six, and then, well, actually, not, yeah, because, I mean, we have the proxy animation, we've got Dark Disciple, we've got Son of Dathomir, so, you know, if you take yeah, away but, all that stuff, then it's kind of like half, a season and a half, so basically true, all of season seven. Watching it in proper Clone Wars, like, sh- quality animated series, I think would have been better. Than oh, yeah, yeah, books, for sure, so. yeah, that's true, actually, yeah, we wouldn't have any of the the adapted material if those were actually produced episodes so um so yeah we would have had a lot more um and you know that was when the show was just getting really good too so i mean i would have i would have really loved to have seen that finish i still can't believe disney did that it's like it was like it was like the biggest thing star wars had going and yeah. like had this massive fan base and they just like Chopped off, yeah. (laughs) I know, I know. It's it's still to this day hard for me to like digest the thought that that actually happened. But um, yeah, and they announced that news when season five was nearly finished. Like season five, like season six was in production, but nothing. We hadn't seen season six yet. It was just half of season five, or we had the finale coming out soon. Mm -hmm. And then and then uh, and then this news came out, and then boom, Clone Wars canceled. And then it's like, yep, season five, you're going to see the rest of season five and that's it. And then uh, and then uh, season six was like a Netflix thing that came out like a year or so later. They just dumped it on Netflix to be like, yeah, this is what's ready. And here's the whole show. And they, they left it up on Netflix for the longest time. And then they uh, took it off eventually and it became a, a part of Disney Plus. But uh, you can buy Blu-rays for seasons one through six. You can buy, I, I've got all the Blu-rays. Uh, latest season, of course, is exclusive to Disney, so they don't make a Blu-ray for that yet. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's there, there is a lot of Disney Star Wars that I that I do appreciate, like like Rogue One and Solo was great, and and um, you know, Mandalorian, of course, and and Book of Boba around the corner. And now we have more to look forward to, I think, than ever. But you know, it's it's just one of those questions that's always going to linger. It's like what if kind of thing. yeah i hear you yeah well there's always that chance that george passes on the info to dave and then dave takes a crack at trying to tell that story right yeah because like yeah they could do the same thing that marvel did with like the what if universe like you kind of do the same thing right 
Yeah. Yeah. Then at least we get it. Totally. Totally. Uh, you know, releasing those adaption or those stories in a comic book form or something would be, you know, more than it would be, it would be the star Wars news of the year. Like I'd be drooling over those if they, if they ever released, if they ever released George's stories in, in some form like that. But, but that's the thing. Like there, there's, there's a rough script for episode seven and that's it. Like there's no eight or nine scripts. I'm sure uh, he has some sort of writing. There's an outline. Gonna, yeah. Yeah. Like there's an outline somewhere in his notebook, but there's no finalized script. Whereas we know for sure episode seven did have a script because it was then disapproved and then they you know recast the the screenwriter to some other to, to jj and gave the the job to him uh but uh, they didn't even have a director for episode seven like it was just going through the they were going through the creative process with george and and um uh i forget the guy's name who did toy story three he was a screenwriter for that one and uh, that was the script that was that they had some concept art in the force awakens art book you can you know, take a look at the, what they have there. It's like few and far between images, maybe six, but yeah, it was, it was pretty, uh, uh, it's pretty interesting, you know, like it's, um, you take a look at some of those things and it's like, wow, I know they're just concepts, but I mean, to think that some of these were based on the original George vision for episode seven is pretty cool. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. And it just dawned on me now that another thing we wouldn't have got is the star Wars park at Disneyland. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, Galaxy's Edge wouldn't exist. Uh, Norwood Galactic Star Cruiser, the new expansion that just came out. Uh, and I know that it's not the most popular park, but I have hope that it's going to get better in time. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and it is it is cool to think uh, that there is a place out there that's based in the Star Wars galaxy that you can go to and it's completely immersive and all that. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's a neat cool. idea. Yeah, it's a neat idea. And uh yeah, that's another thing. Like we wouldn't have all, any of the Star Wars VR experiences, or the uh, the Secrets of the Empire, the one that we did in hyper reality. That was so um, cool. Honestly, yeah. that was one of the coolest experiences I've ever done. Yeah, like, yeah. So we probably wouldn't have that either, right? It was honestly the only way you can really explain it is just like it was like you're in Ready Player One, but it was all Star Wars themed. It was yeah. so cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, it's a question that I think we're going to be asking ourselves for a little while. And I think going into next year, I mean, this year is celebrates 50 years of Lucasfilm. Uh, next year, we'll celebrate 10 years of Disney Lucasfilm. Uh, so <laughs> every year it's going to be a celebration <laughs> of something. It's like, yeah. did we just celebrate the anniversary of Empire Strikes Back or something? Yeah, we did. Yeah, that was last year. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, because there's like... 50 years skywalker sound 50 years lucasfilm 50 years industrial light magic yeah. 50 years empire strikes back 50, you know what i mean like every year is gonna be something yeah yeah totally yeah it's 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 so true but just cashing in on the collectibles yeah no oh 100 i mean you know because now they're it's not even just like a internal company thing that they're celebrating anymore like like the celebration of this company has gone you know, global to celebrate with Star Wars fans around the world as well. So, I mean, you know, I noticed one of the latest pieces of clothing that they've got on the Her Universe website is a jacket with the 50 Years Lucasfilm logo on it. And uh, I'm like, well, like what? Like that's like a company code it's being or sold. To, yeah. And then now you can also buy, uh, I remember when we were down at at uh, Disney Disneyland in, in California 
And I remember seeing Lucasfilm hats like in the star in the Star Wars Galactic docking bay shop or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, what? Like you can buy a Lucasfilm hat? Like I don't know. It just seems a little uh uh it's odd, you know? It's just like I just didn't realize that that was that exclusivity of Well, uh, you you can buy Marvel hats. I'm- wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I get. Yeah, I guess you can buy Marvel hats. Yeah, that's true. Um, I I bet Dis- Disney's trying to sell all this stuff now as like a brand, right? You can yeah, that, yeah, brand. exactly, exactly. I think like that's the oh that you know what that's what it is is it's Disney using the Lucasfilm brand to cash in on. Whereas before you couldn't buy any Lucasfilm merch, like you, you know, no, it's it was all just Star staff. Wars merch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was just staff that got Lucasfilm merch, but no, like fans had to buy the Star Wars stuff. So. But now fans can buy all the stuff. They can buy the Lucasfilm stuff. They can buy the Star Wars stuff. You know, uh, it's it's just endless. So uh, yeah, that's a, that's a that's a different world, obviously, on the other side of the Disney line. But uh, it, it's crazy to think, you know, how far we've come and how far Disney's come with this franchise. It's taken them a while to work it out. Obviously, there's no turning back the you clock. Know what? But I think what we should do to try to get exclusive gear is we should make. Skywalker Ranch stuff. <laughs> like- you can, oh, the, yeah, that's another thing. They sell Skywalker Ranch wine in the Disney parks. Like I remember, really? I, you know, yeah, we were there uh, for 2017 celebration, and uh, I remember walking into the, the shop that we got our uh, Yavin medals, mm-hmm. and on the wall was uh, a, a large case of, uh, I think it was fifty dollars US or forty five or something for a bottle of Skywalker Ranch wine. And, uh, you know, it's not, no, I, I, like, I had no room in the luggage, but, uh, I would have got one if I, if I did, cause literally we were like, we were bursting out the zipper kind of thing. And, uh, that was after me bringing that empty suitcase just for stuff. And that's and, right. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, a bottle of wine wouldn't have, wouldn't have worked, but, uh, but yeah, next yeah, time I had to always, drink it on the plane. Yeah, no, it's the kind of thing that I, I think to myself, like, uh, cause I, I do enjoy wine. Uh, I, I'm not, you know, the, the biggest wine is connoisseur, but, uh, mm. you know, I'll, I'll have a glass of white or red or whatever, like whenever it, the opportunity presents itself. And if, if I've had people over the house, like I'll buy a bottle or whatever, but, uh, that, that, that would be question. a bottle I would not open. <laughs> you collect it. Yeah, well, so, yeah. I mean, it's a red, so it'll at least last. If it's yeah, a white, exactly. you have to drink it. Right, yeah. I wonder, though, is this wine then, does George own it or does yeah. Disney own it? No, the, the, the ranch, I believe, still belongs to George, but there's parts on the ranch that he – has his company still like a Skywalker sound operates off of, uh, well, at least a section of there's like a whole editing suite and everything like, uh, that's all still part of Skywalker sound, but it's, it's like, it's still on his property. Okay. So yeah. And I mean, it like the Skywalker ranch is so big that they have their own fire department. Right. Um, right. So yeah. I mean, uh, one of the coolest things I've seen actually, is on Netflix. Uh, John Favreau has his uh, chef show, and uh, there's uh, an episode or two where they actually go to the Skywalker Ranch, and uh, he cooks up some meals in the kitchen there with uh, with somebody. And uh, it was really really neat because they do some walking around the grounds, and uh, they they talk to the gardeners there, and they're just gardeners who work for George's farm. That they just like I don't I don't even know if they ever see the guy. Like they just they just work the crops and 
you yeah. know, that's, that's that. Right. And, and, uh, uh, but it's, it's interesting because I mean, the guy it just reminds you like, yes, he's a billionaire who invented this crazy franchise that we know and love. Uh, but he's just a guy, like he's just a normal dude that just, you know, he grew up on a farm much like Luke Skywalker and, uh, and lived a simple life until he came up with this crazy story that, you know, the world fell in love with. And, um, in his core, like he's still that same guy. Like he doesn't like doing interviews. He doesn't like, uh, signing people's action figures. Like, you know, he, uh, he's just a very to himself and, and doesn't like the press and, um, you know, doesn't like to be disturbed or bothered and lives the quiet life kind of thing. And uh, that's and so, fair because honestly, if he was more like Gene Simmons, for example, yeah. he could just spend 15, 20 minutes a day just signing random stuff and just selling it for like $500 a pop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember <laughs> watching a video of of uh, it was some it was some guy who was being a bit of a pest, but he was following George and he was like, he's like, hey, George, 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 yeah, can you sign this for me? Can you sign this? It was like, I don't even know what it was. And he's like, no, 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 I'm not going to sign that for you because you're not a fan. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, no, George, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. He's like, no, 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 you're not a fan. You, you just, you're just going to come and sign this and then you're going to sell it on eBay for like 500 bucks. No, go get your own job, invent your own stories and, you know, make a movie and then you can, you know, make a bunch of money yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I remember really, this video. The really guy, funny. the guy, like followed George in the car, and George was yeah, talking to right. him at the lights and stuff. Yeah, yeah, he was talking to him at the intersection. Like every time it went red, he would catch up on. The, he would like run and chase after the car. Yeah. And- <laughs> and George just keep rolling down the window and like scolding him. Yeah. Like he doesn't even ignore the guy. He just he li- literally rolls down the window just to tell him off, and. Uh- <laughs> it's actually funny because it's george yeah it is so funny i mean like i love that guy like he's just like i like i would not have the time or patience in my day if someone was annoying me like that to to roll down the window and let them know i'm being disturbed like this like i would just ignore them right like just don't look you know i mean a lot of us probably do it it's a terrible thing to say but like you know whenever you get the panhandling going on in the streets Mm. you know like a lot of us just kind of just Okay, stare at the license plate in front of your car. Yeah, that's, just that's pretend he didn't hear them. Yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, and you know, I think like being George, like you're not even driving yourself. Like you sit in the back seat, you can just keep that window up and just look the other way, right? And I'm sure but, there are tinted windows too. <laughs> yeah, but nope, he's got to he's got to roll that thing all the way down just to let you know you got to make your own movie so you can sell your own signatures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so great George had it all planned out oh man yeah. alright so uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks I mean we've got a lot of uh, a lot of stuff to cover obviously I mean today we, we spent a lot of a lot of time on the episode chatting about uh, this uh, upcoming 10-year anniversary of uh, of Disney Lucasfilm I mean we we covered a, the Boba Fett uh, or the book of Boba Fett trailer uh, but something we didn't or forgot to mention it's been mentioned on other episodes of the podcast though is that Disney Plus Day which is coming up on November 12th uh, Disney Plus is going to be dropping a uh, well it, it's kind of like a its own kind of Disney gallery style video it's going to be called Under the Helmet colon the legacy of boba fett 
and uh, this is likely going to include footage of uh, the uh, the old bo- uh, films behind the scenes with the character, uh, all the various different Boba Fetts in costume, uh, possibly even the reshoots from the special editions. And of course, uh, Tamora Morrison uh, will likely have uh, some interviews uh, with him about the character. And uh, I mean, this is a guy that's inherited the character from uh, Jeremy Bullock and uh I mean, playing Django years later on uh, on the prequels, and then now once again playing uh, Boba Fett in the flesh after doing the voiceover re-recordings for the original re-release re-release movies on Blu-ray. <laughs> so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people that have played Boba Fett, and I would love to see Daniel Logan in this if he's if he's uh, been brought in to to make an appearance. But uh, we're going to be talking about that with a very special guest from the Boba Fett fan club. And uh, I, I hope this works out. We've booked something in for uh, for a couple weeks from now after this thing drops. And uh, I'm really, really looking forward to this. So uh, if that works out, thank you again to the Boba Fett fan club for lending out Jess uh, to spend some time with us on the show to talk about the legacy of this character. So Lots of stuff to look forward to. Uh, we also, uh, of course, we didn't really talk too much about Halloween, but uh, we're going to make another episode this week to uh, kind of honor Halloween this year and Star Wars Halloween, uh, the the rise of Kylo Ren. We're going to be getting into what happened with that character and acknowledging uh, the events that happened in the Lego Star Wars special that pull canon events from the rise of Kylo Ren comic. So we're going to be getting into all that stuff in an upcoming episode as well on the podcast and you guys can look forward to all of that stuff let's hit the outro thanks again blake for joining us on the show and we'll catch you in the next one got a blast (laughs) all right guys thanks so much for tuning into the show and if you can do us a favor of dropping a five star and a review a very small review five or ten words at most on the apple podcast platform it really goes a long way if we had Uh, even 20 people do this for us that would be uh, an absolute miracle because uh, there's like next to no reviews on that and uh, nowhere near the listenership that we're getting so uh, I guess it's because everyone uses a different platform these days CastBox Spotify Google whatever but uh, the real juicy one to get us boosted in the searchable ranks of all the Star Wars podcast options that are out there uh, is to leave a review on the Apple platform so if you have an iPhone and have the Apple podcast app installed that would do a a huge favor if you can look us up on there and just drop a review via that platform uh, because it helps the algorithms and all this and that so that's the best way to help us out there's also two links in the description below a world vision link you can leave any donations uh with us to uh to them and uh help someone who actually needs the money uh for the heck of it we do have a tip jar on patreon literally for the heck of it but uh, the biggest thing you can do to help us out is honestly by leaving a review spreading the word and sharing the show with a friend because we love to make free star wars content on the internet and uh, it's all for you guys so that would do us a huge favor we got a halloween episode coming up on the show i know it's kind of post halloween but you know it's uh, it's still that time of year and uh, we're going to be covering the Lego Terrifying Tales as well as the Rise of Kylo Ren comic book and what happened with Ben Solo. Looking forward to that as well as all this stuff with Boba Fett. May the Force be with you guys and we'll see you next time right here on Star Wars Escape Room.